Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor, your host, coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Just want to welcome you to the program tonight. Glory be to God. For those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about us. We are Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. You can find us on the Internet at www dot walls of fire deliverance min dot com and you can also email us if you choose to communicate with us by email at jet two four five at msn dot com. If you'd like to call us for prayer, um do so by calling three three six eight three zero zero six zero one. Hallelujah. And if you are led by the Spirit to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so through PayPal or Zelle. Just use the email address, jet245 at msn.com. I'd also like to turn your attention to our prayer line, which is called the Sweet Hour of Prayer. We meet Monday through Saturday, um, through um, uh, on the phone at 12 noon and on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The phone number is area code 425-436-6333, or, and the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. That Again, that is the sweet hour of prayer. Our meeting times are Monday through Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time and Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The phone number for the prayer line is 425-436-6333, and the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. All right, we want to get into tonight's message. And um, just want to share what I believe is a very important message coming from the Lord tonight. So those of you that have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 116 and verse 17. Psalm 116 and verse 17. And it says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice all thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. I want to read that again. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. All right, let's go to the New Testament, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is what it says. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Uh-huh. So we are talking about the word sacrifice. We're going to uh, zoom, zone in uh, on that word sacrifice tonight, um, that we would present our bodies a living sacrifice. Glory be to God. So I want to uh, start off this message tonight with the question, where is your sacrifice? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, when I'm going all the way back to the beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, God sacrificed an animal to atone for their sin and to cover their nakedness. That can be found in Leviticus chapter 17. I'm going to turn there very quickly. Leviticus chapter 17, glory be to God, and um, verse um, 11 and 14. So let's just go there. Leviticus 17, verse is 11, and verse 14. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Let's look again at verse um, 14. And it says, for it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore... I said unto the children of Israel, ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood. Wherefore, whoso eateth it shall be cut off. So we know that the sacrifice, God sacrificed an animal to atone for the sin that Adam and Adam and Eve committed in the garden. So since the fall of man, a blood sacrifice had to be has had to be made for sin. God requires a sacrifice. Now, in the New Testament, we no longer offer up the blood of bulls and goats and animals because Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. Jesus was sacrificed for our sin. And the Bible tells us in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. So as we approach this Christmas season, we see that people are following after the traditions of men, and they are running about trying to get Christmas presents to give to people who don't even like them. And they are trying to get gifts and things. But God gave his son Jesus. Jesus is the gift. As a matter of fact, Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving because the blood that was shed 
the precious lamb of God's blood that was shed more than 2,000 years ago is still saving souls today. So he is the gift. You don't need to buy me a gift. You don't need to buy anybody else a gift. Jesus was God's gift to the world. But God requires a sacrifice, and Jesus paid it all. You see, he was sent from heaven by God to be the ultimate sacrifice for sin, and that is found in Hebrews 9 and 22. So we're going to go there. We're going to look at this particular scripture, Hebrews 9 and 22, and this is what the word of God says. Moreover, well, I'll start at 21. No, I'll just do 22. And almost all things are by law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. So without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. Glory be to God in the highest. In other words, sin cannot be paid for without the shedding of blood. Glory be to God. So when we are looking at the scriptures, we have to look at them through spiritual eyes because Jesus came for this purpose. He came uh, to set the captives free. So we're going to turn now to John. Hallelujah. Uh, John chapter 1, and we're going to see how Jesus was sent by God to be the ultimate sacrifice. So let's look at John chapter 1, verses 29 and verses 36. And so the word of God says in verse John 1 and 29, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. So Jesus was sent by God to take away the sin of the world, and he did so by sacrificing his own life. God sacrificed his son. Let's look at verse 36, which says, And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, he's called the Lamb of God, because in the Old Testament, under the law, a lamb had to be sacrificed, a spotless lamb had to be sacrificed for the sins of the people. The problem with that was that it had to be done every year. And so Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. That's why we're no longer the blood of bulls and goats anymore because Jesus paid our sin debt once and for all. Glory be to God in the highest. So we no longer have to sacrifice animals. Glory be to God. Let's look at Galatians. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Galatians says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed 
is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, the word might is there because you have a choice. It's not that it can't do it. It's not that the blood can't work for everybody. It's that you and I, we as individuals, we have a choice to either receive this gift or reject it. And sad to say, many people are rejecting salvation through Jesus Christ. They feel like they're good enough or they can do enough works, or they can give enough. Uh, But absolutely, there is nothing that you and I could offer. That is why God offered his only begotten son, and it was only his blood that could uh, uh, satisfy the debt because his blood was pure and holy because Jesus was without sin. Glory be to God in the highest. All right, let's look at Galatians 5 and 21. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And this is what the word of God says in Galatians 5 and 21. It says, um, I'm sorry, I read that uh, incorrectly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Galatians, it's not Galatians 5 and 21. It is 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. Thank you, Jesus. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So God took his son and made him to be sin for us. He took him and made him to be sin for us, who, and he knew no sin. Jesus was sinless. That we, that means me and you and the whole world, might be made the righteousness of God in him. And when we talk about made the righteousness of God, that means we were justified. We were made righteous. We were declared righteous through because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice. Glory be to God. So Jesus came for this purpose, and our salvation was paid for completely and totally by Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 53, glory be to God, because not only did he pay for our salvation, but we also have some other benefits in the blood, through the blood. So Isaiah chapter 53, verses 3 through 10, and it says, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, 
and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Glory be to God in the highest. He's borne our pains and carried our sorrows. Yet we did uh, esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I'm going to tell you something. That is something you need to decree and declare out loud every day, every single day. You need to remind Satan that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Why do we need to remind the devil of this every day? Because he is uh, the accuser of the brethren, and he is a liar and the father of lies. So Satan is on his job every day. He is lying. He is telling lies. He's, he's telling us we're sick. He's telling us we got this disease, that disease. He's telling people all these lies. We are nothing, and he's trying to remind people of their sins, but we have to remind him of the word of God, that he was wounded for our transgressions, and that Jesus was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his Right. We have to let the devil know that we know that we know that we are healed. We are saved. We are forgiven. We have been delivered and we have been set free because of the man, Jesus Christ, and what he did on Calvary. You see, the Bible says that we overcame by the blood of the Lamb. So we read the testimonies tonight about the blood. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And now we're going to testify to the devil that we have been healed by his stripes. Not only healed, but redeemed and justified. Because Satan is always, always going to come with a lie. He's always going to tell you that you're not saved, you're not born again, you're not, and that all of this is just make-believe. But the devil is a liar. We have the word of God, and that is our testimony. Glory be to God. And I don't know about you, but I can testify to what the blood has done for me. The blood of Jesus set me free. Glory, glory, glory. The blood of Jesus saved me. When I was a wretch undone, the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, brought me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. Glory, hallelujah. The blood of Jesus broke the chain that had me bound. I was bound in sin. Ha-korabasandriya-basaya. Korabasatarabosiakata. 
but the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, broke the chains. I cut it up fire and loose my shackles. Glory be to God. And it set me free. So I overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Every time I testify of what God has done for me, Satan gets a headache. Glory be to God. So I promise God that everywhere I go, I'm going to testify of the goodness of God and testify of what he has done for me. I'm going to testify of the blood of Jesus Christ. Glory be to God in the highest. According to Ephesians 1 and 7, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, all my sins have been forgiven. Glory be to God. According to 1 John 1 and 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses me all sin. And this does this continuously. Glory be to God. According to Romans 5 and 9, through the blood of Jesus Christ, I am justified, made righteous, just as if I had never sinned. And according to Hebrews 13 and 12, through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, made holy, and set apart to God for his use and glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, I'm testifying here. I'm testifying right now. According to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed, cleansed, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, Satan has no power in me and no power over me and no place in me. Glory be to God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I'm giving this testimony tonight. Hallelujah. About there is power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Glory be to God in the highest. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it says, for all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearer is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Glory be to God in the highest. He was prison, hallelujah, and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? Glory be to God. For he was cut off out of the land of the living. Hallelujah. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in death, because he had done no violence. Hallelujah. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him and to put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper 
in his hand. Hallelujah. And let's look at uh, verse 12. Glory be to God. Because he had poured out his soul unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, and he made bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Glory be to God in the highest. You see, our salvation was free to us, but it cost God everything. Hallelujah. He gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. Salvation is free, but the anointing, my dear friends, will cost you. Glory be to God in the highest. So I want to ask you tonight, as a matter of fact, it's going to cost you everything, the anointing. And so it just depends on how deep you want to go with God. So I want to ask this question tonight. Where is your sacrifice? I want to know what did you bring? Hallelujah. You see, there's a false teaching that's going around. It's telling people uh, uh, that God does not want you to suffer. He does not want us to his children to suffer. Glory be to God. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Now, he doesn't want us to suffer for sin, but we if you are in this life, you are going to suffer. If you are a, a, a believer in Jesus Christ, you are going to suffer. And the Apostle Paul said that if we suffer, hallelujah, all that live godly shall suffer persecution. But if we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. Uh, he told us to arm ourselves likewise. So if Christ suffered, we got to suffer as well. In other words, suffering is a part of this tactic because suffering is what's going to develop your character. And so we thank God that we don't suffer as evildoers. When we suffer, we are suffering for the cause of Christ. Hallelujah. We are being made through our suffering. The Bible says that, uh, that Jesus, he learned obedience through his suffering. Glory be to God. And it was not that um, he was sinful or any such thing. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. But the Lord used it to teach him obedience. Hallelujah. And so we thank God. We thank God for the opportunity to suffer for Christ's sake. So what have you given up or lost to prove to God that you love him unconditionally? Where is your sacrifice? I want to know what did you bring. Glory be to God. Paul suffered from a thorn in his flesh, but God told him, my grace is sufficient for thee. Some of us have suffered tremendous loss, tremendous hurt, and tremendous pain. Some of us are suffering right now. Glory be to God. But we have to remain faithful to God because the Bible tells us that the battle is not uh, 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 given to the swift nor to the strong, but to he that endured to the end. So you got to cross the finish line. Glory be to God in the highest. 
Hallelujah. And some of us don't want to suffer at all. And that's because of this false teaching that's been going around. Paul, when he suffered, he said, none of these things move me. The 12 apostles, they suffered many things. And uh, uh, all of them were martyred for the sake of the gospel. So if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. That's 2 Timothy 2 and 12. So I want to know what have you suffered for the sake of the Lord? What did you give up? Uh, 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 what did you give to God that, that you really wanted? Hallelujah. Now, we can't give God tangible things. Uh, he, he, if the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, God don't need your money. God don't need your house, your car. God don't need those things. But God wants our heart. Glory be to God. He wants us to be totally committed to him. Glory be to God. God wants to know that there is absolutely nothing that you will withhold from him. When he told uh, Abraham to take his son Isaac up on the mountain and sacrifice him, hallelujah, God wasn't really uh, 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 wanting to kill Abraham's son. Glory be to God. But he tested him to see what Abraham withhold the son, the only son, that he, he, the promised child. He had been promised to him. He waited 25 years for this child to be born. And then when he got the child, God tells him to take him up on this mountain and sacrifice him. But Abraham, Abraham was a man of faith. He reached a certain point on the way up Mount Moriah, and he told his servants, stay here. He said, I and the lad will return. Abraham didn't know how God was going to do it, but he knew if God had to raise Isaac from the dead that he would do it because he promised to make him a father of nations. And he said, hallelujah, that his, uh, 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 his seed would be like the seashore, the sand of the seashore. So Abraham did not have all the details. But one thing he knew was that he could trust God because God could not lie. Glory be to God. And sometimes it seems like God asks for the thing that's nearest and dearest to our heart. Glory be to God. You see, if it's something that you don't want, uh, God, God's not going to ask you for that because he knows oh, you're giving that without a problem. You know, it, didn't, it, it doesn't mean anything to you. It didn't, it, it's, it's not worth anything to you, and uh, you didn't have to labor for that. So God's not going to ask you for that. God's going to ask you for that thing that you cherish, that you cherish. Hallelujah. Because God wants to see, hallelujah, how much you love him how much you you really want to please him and is there anything that you will withhold from him glory be to god so the question is what have you suffered hallelujah what did god ask you to give up hallelujah have you presented your body to the lord as a living sacrifice uh paul went on to say that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
Now, a lot of times we tend to think of our body as our own possession. That seems to be the prevailing uh, thought today. Uh, I, a woman can do with her body what she pleases. Um, she cannot do with her body whatever she pleases because her body belongs to God. Contrary to all of this uh, 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 New Age thinking and all of this uh, liberal uh, teaching today, the, her body does not belong to her. Glory be to God. And if she is a married woman, her body belongs, her body is for her husband, and her husband's body is for her. So you women that are married and trying to use your body to control your husband, to control and manipulate your husband, you are operating in the spirit of witchcraft. And that is not pleasing unto God. You cannot use, withhold your body from your husband and um, think you're in right standing with God. Now, if you're sick, that's one thing. Or if it's that uh, 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 time of the month, that's another thing. Or even if you're fasting, the Bible says you can um, come apart or a, a period of fasting, but with permission. Glory be to God in the highest. You cannot just do these things and, uh, oh, and, and use that as your excuse. That is not the will of God. Glory be to God in the highest. So uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. That's not our topic for tonight. But I just wanted to throw that in there because I, uh, uh, I, I've seen so many women um, try to manipulate and control their husbands uh, through the bedroom, and that is ungodly because that is the spirit of witchcraft. Now, so Paul was saying, have you presented your body to the Lord as a living sacrifice? What does it mean? It means that whatever God say do, that is what you will do without any regard to yourself. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So you don't put anything in your temple that would defile it. You don't put uh, things in there that you know are not good for you. You're not going to smoke and you're not going to drink and you're not going to do these things. And if you uh, 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 did those things when you were in sin, you want to pray and ask God to deliver you from those things because it does not glorify God, hallelujah, if you are a Christian and you are still smoking and drinking. That does not glorify God at all. Glory be to God. And so, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, uh, that he loves you any less. It just means that you have not presented your body to the Lord in that area. And so many people, I've heard people use this as an excuse. I'll quit smoking uh, when God takes this away. No, God wants you to offer that to him as a, he wants you to sacrifice that cigarette to him, that cigarette smoking and that drinking. He wants you to sacrifice those things to him. Glory be to God. Now, if you struggle with that, then you need to pray and ask for God's help with that. But I'm going to tell you something. There are too many testimonies of too many believers who can testify 
that God delivered them from the bondage of nicotine and from the bondage of alcoholism. And I, I personally was delivered from those things and from the bondage of drug addiction. So you, we cannot go around using God as an excuse saying he'll take it when he gets ready. God will take it when you offer it to him as a sacrifice. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Again, where is your sacrifice? Have you sacrificed any of your time to God? Glory be to God. You know, we live in a busy world. We're inundated with things to do. I got to go here and appointments and meetings and all sorts of things. Glory be to God. But do you sacrifice any of your time to God? Hallelujah. I, 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 I knew a lady who had a, a a radio, a Christian radio program, and it was a pretty good little program, and uh, she really catered to her senior citizens, and she was always calling me for prayer. And so finally one day I said to her, girl, when do you pray? She told me she did not have time, and I was shocked. She said, I don't have time, and I was like, what do you mean? She said, people are calling me at 6 a.m. in the morning. Well, I told her, if that's the case, then you need to get up at 5 in the morning. Glory be to God. You need to sacrifice your time. You need to spend time in the presence of the Lord. I cannot live without spending time in God's presence. Hallelujah. For the word of the Lord says that in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures evermore. Glory be to God. Acts 3 and 19 tells us that the, the, the refreshing, I just want to read it for you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It comes from the presence of the Lord. This is what it says. Hallelujah. Um, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So there's something we gain, hallelujah. Even though you sacrifice the time, we gain refreshing or refreshment from the presence of the Lord. Glory be to God. So I don't understand how believers don't have time uh, 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 to give to God, to give up. I mean, uh, uh, what do you need to do? If you need to get up earlier, get up earlier because we stand to gain more than we stand to lose. Glory be to God. So where is your sacrifice? Hallelujah. Have you put your all on the altar? Is there something that you're holding back from the Lord? Glory be to God in the highest. You see, Job, Job was a man that lost everything. He lost his children. He lost uh, 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 his, his uh, livestock, which was his livelihood. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. He broke out, he broke out with sores and boils all over his body. And um, Job lost everything but his faith. His wife came to him. She said, you just need to curse God and die. He said, woman, you talk like a fool. He did not lose his faith in God because he knew. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
and he said that he would not curse God. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job had absolute faith in God. Hallelujah. Most of us, we can't stand that kind of pressure. We can't uh, 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 lose everything at, at one time and still uh, profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But Job, he was an example to us. Job showed us how to do it and that it can be done. Glory be to God. Because you just got to know God. You got to know your God. Glory be to God in the height. And we like to say, well, God wouldn't put uh, uh, nothing like that on me. You, you, you don't know what God will do. God may allow you to be tested as well. But can you pass the test? That's the thing. Can you pass the test? Job passed the test with flying colors. Glory be to God. And, and God blessed him because of it. Hallelujah. Job had more. He gained more than he lost. Glory be to God. But you see, Job had to go through the test. He, the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Glory be to God in the highest. Job suffered tremendously. Glory be to God. But he refused to curse God and die. Why? Because Job was sold out to God. His hope wasn't in what he lost. His hope wasn't in, in his, his livestock and his cattle. His hope wasn't in his wealth. His hope was in the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Glory be to God. Job's life is an example to us of what it means to be fully surrendered to God. Let's look at Joseph. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We know the story of Joseph, how his brothers hated him, and they they thought about killing him, and then when they decided not to kill him, they sold him to a band of Ishmaelites, and he ended up down in Egypt. Hallelujah. But the hand of God was on him. He ended up Potiphar's house. Glory be to God. And he was his servant. And Potiphar's house was blessed. Glory be to God. Potiphar had so much, he didn't even know what he had. Hallelujah. Job, he kept, I mean, uh, Joseph, he kept account of everything that he had. But one day, Mrs. Potiphar, she decided that she wanted this young man. And uh, she tried to entice him. She tried to seduce him. But even though he was far away from his country, he was in a strange land with strange people. Glory be to God. He trusted his God. Hallelujah. He said, I cannot do this thing against God. He knew that Potiphar trusted him, but he was not so much concerned about Potiphar as he was about his God. And so he fled. He did what the Bible says, what the Apostle Paul says, flee fornication. You got to run from it. You got to run from it. Hallelujah. When the devil set a trap for you, glory be to God, you got to flee like a bird out of, escapes out of the snare of a fowler. You got to run for your life, glory be to God, in the highest. And so Joseph fled out of there, and then 
uh, she, uh, Mrs. Potiphar, uh, Buck, she told a lie on him, and, and uh, she had his jacket, and uh, she put it, they put him in prison. Glory be to God. And God blessed him in prison. He was down in the prison running the show. Glory be to God in the house. Why? Because the hand of God was upon this young man. Glory, glory, glory. If God be for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. And so uh, when he finally got out of prison, he was restored. Hallelujah. He was brought before the king. He interpreted the king's dream, and he was made second in command. And then God began to move, hallelujah, in this young man's life. There was a famine in Israel, and his family ended up coming down to Egypt to, to buy food because Joseph had set up this system where uh, there, was, there was grain, and he had, they had, he had, um, he had uh, prophesied and, um, and revealed, uh, interpreted a dream, and therefore when the dream came to pass, there was going to be seven years of prosperity and seven years of famine. And so he put up, he, he stored up things in the seven years of prosperity. Glory be to God. And uh, so there was, there was grain and there was food in Egypt. Glory be to God. You see, God had already gone before his father, Jacob. God had already gone before him. And when there was famine, they, he sent down there, sent his son to Egypt, and they bought back some grain. But then um, he, they ended up having to go back another time to get some more food when that ran out. And God was orchestrating the whole thing. And uh, to make a long story short, Jacob ended up down in Egypt. Jacob and his 12 brothers, I mean his 12 sons. Now these are the sons, the same brothers who had sold Joseph into uh, slavery. And they didn't recognize him. They did not recognize him. But it's amazing how God brought them all back together. They had to the very one whom they had uh, uh, betrayed. But let me tell you something. God set the whole thing up. He set the whole thing up. God knows what he's doing in your life. He set the whole thing up. And when Joseph was sent down to Egypt, God had already, he was sending him before his brethren in them because he knew the time is going to come that you're going to have to feed your brothers and they're going to bow to you. That was one of the dreams. That was the interpretation of one of the dreams that Joseph had. And that's really why they hated him, because he told that dream. And um, so God set the whole thing up, and, of course, it happened just like uh, God said it would, that he, he had to bow, his brothers had to bow to them. But when, when Jacob died, they feared. They feared because now Jake, Joseph has revealed to them who he is, and they were fearful that he would get revenge on them. But the word of the Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And Joseph answered his brothers and said, am I in the place of God? He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it so that much people might be saved alive. So I said all that to say that Joseph's life 
was a sacrifice. He sacrificed being away from his family, being separated, being enslaved, taken down into Egypt, and sold. He said that was his life. That was his life. But God had a plan. And when it looked like everything was just going uh, crazy, God was working. You see, Romans 8 and 28 says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Not some things, but all things. God was in the midst of that. God is the only wise God there is. He is the only one who can take the good, the bad, and the ugly and work it all together and make some good come out of it. Nobody can do that but God. Glory be to God in the highest. So while you're looking at a situation uh, that you may be going through as an isolated incident and you can't understand why you're going through what you're going through, nor can you understand how God can bring things good out of this, you leave that to God because God is all wise. We have limited knowledge, but the knowledge of God is unlimited. He said, for I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I have plans to bless you, prosper you, do you good, and not harm, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, your ways, Isaiah 55, verses 7 and 8, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways and thoughts are higher than your ways and thoughts. Glory be to God. So God is in control. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful that my my life has never been in the hands of man. Because if it had been, I would have been dead a long time ago. Glory be to God. Your life is not in the hands of man. Glory be to God. Yes, I had some close calls. Hallelujah. But God was right there. Glory be to God. And he brought me out. Hallelujah. He brought me up out. Glory be to God. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, thinking very deeply, staying within, thinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. It was love that lifted me. Glory be to God in the highest. And I've got to give him praise. I've got to testify of his goodness. I've got to declare the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run in, and we are saved. Glory be to God in the highest. I thank God for his mercy. I thank him for his grace. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You see, Jesus laid down his life as the ultimate sacrifice. Hallelujah. Job trusted God implicitly. Joseph trusted God. Hallelujah. And Jesus laid down his life. He trusted God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He laid down his life as the ultimate sacrifice. He was the sacrificial lamb who shed his blood willingly for our sake. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He said to his father, he said, if, there be, if it be possible that this cup may pass from me, he said, but in the same breath, he said, but not my will, Lord, thy will be done. 
Glory be to God in the highest. So let God have his way in your life. Don't withhold anything from God. Give God your sacrifice. Lay it on the altar. Lay your life on the altar. You know, God spoke to me and told me he's bringing back the altar. Glory be to God. We don't see altar calls anymore. And for one reason, because there's either no fire on the altar or there's false fire on the altar. But God is resurrecting the altar. Glory be to God. And there will be fire, fire from heaven. Glory be to God on the altar once more and again. You know, if we look at Leviticus, Leviticus 6 and 13, I'm going to read that for you. Glory be to God in the highest. Leviticus 6 and 13 tells us about, hallelujah, how the light in the temple uh, was never to go out. So let me, let me just read this. Glory be to God. And um, command Aaron and his son, saying, this is the law of the burnt offering. It is a burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night until the morning. And the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And then verse 12 says, and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out, and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereon. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. But we know that the fire did go out. The fire, the glory of the Lord departed from the temple over in 1 Samuel, and when the glory of the Lord departed, 2 Samuel, when it departed from the temple, the Bible says the light in the temple went out, and the glory departed, and the woman who gave birth to her child during that time, she was the daughter-in-law of the priest Eli, she was Phineas' uh, wife, when she gave birth to her child, she named the child Ichabod, meaning the glory has departed. And so what God is saying is that the glory must be returned to the house of God. And the fire, hallelujah, must be back on the altar. I mean the fire of purification. Glory be to God to burn up the chaff and the dross in our life, hallelujah. Glory be to God. And this is why you see people are not getting on the altar anymore. People are not weeping. People are not spending time on the altar anymore because there's no fire on the altar. There's no fire on the altar. And the fire that they have now is false fire. It is false fire. It is not the fire of God. It is a manufactured fire. It's not of God, but God is going to bring the fire back to the altar. Glory be to God, so that the people of God, their hearts can be made pure. You see, when we get on that altar and we begin to weep, like David did in Psalm 51, that's true repentance. That's godly sorrow. David was not concerned about the time that he spent 
on that altar. As a matter of fact, David was one of the few people that loved to spend time in God's presence. He was not concerned about how long the church, the worship service was lasting. When David got on that altar, he said in in He said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. David repented on the altar with godly sorrow. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. He confessed. He said, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thy judges. So many times we try to offer God some lame excuse. We, we play the blame game. We try to say, if so-and-so uh, hadn't done this, I wouldn't have done this. That's what Adam did. He said, Eve, Eve. I, ate, I ate the fruit because Eve. But you know what? That did not wash with God. We just need to come clean with God. And we just need to say, I did this, God. I did this evil. I have sinned against you. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desires truth. God wants us to tell the truth. Even when we are wrong, tell the truth. I was in jail one time. I was in the holding cell. And I heard the Lord say to me, Jan, tell the truth. And I didn't know the Lord, but I knew his voice. And I said, Lord, if I tell the truth, I, I might go to prison. He did not answer me. He did not say, you won't go to prison. You know what he said? Jan, trust me. That's what he said. He said, Jan, trust me. So I had a court-appointed lawyer, and I started banging on the door, and I asked the sheriff, could he find my court-appointed lawyer and tell him to come back to the holding cell where I was being held at? And I told the court-appointed lawyer when he came, I want to change my plea. And he looked at me and he said, I knew you was guilty. Yes, I was guilty. And I decided to tell the truth. And when I told the truth, God took over that courtroom. My God, he took over. And I thank him. God taught me something. Hallelujah. He taught me that he can be trusted. Glory be to God. And so we have to learn to sacrifice. Sacrifice our reputation. Sacrifice spending time on the altar. Sacrifice getting in God's presence. Sacrifice. Hallelujah. 
You might be busy. You might say, I got this meeting, and I got that meeting, and I got this to do, and I got that to do. And it might just be only you. Nobody else is doing all that you are doing. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't do nothing without the Lord anyway. He said in his word, John 15 and 5, without me, you can do nothing. So give God a sacrifice. Sacrifice your time. Make room for him. You know, we seem to make time for everything else. We make time for the places we want to go. We make time for vacation. We make time for the things that we want to do. We make appointments all the time. Make an appointment with God. Sacrifice some of your time to him. Don't let God be the last thing on your agenda. Make him the first thing on your agenda. Start your day with God. Hallelujah. Where is your sacrifice? We want so much from God. When we're praying, we want God to come through and come through in a hurry. But we don't want to spend time with him. And it amazes me how everybody wants to go to heaven, but don't nobody want to spend time with him here on earth. That sounds a little strange to me. When we get to heaven, we're just going to be praising and worshiping him. The Bible says that the angels, they cry holy, 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 24-7 around the throne. They're just worshiping God. And we don't want to give God an hour of our time. Glory be to God. Because we're too busy. We've allowed the world to dominate us and to dictate to us how much time we could Oh, I don't have that kind of time. I, 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 no, I'm too busy. If you are too busy for God, I declare you are too busy. Where is your sacrifice? Then you got those who say, I, I, I can't afford the time. I, I can't pay no time. I, I just got I just got enough to pay my bills. I, I don't have enough. I can't give God. I can't do that. I just can't. God is only asking for the tenth. He could have asked for the ninety, but he didn't. He said, You keep the ninety and I I'll take the tenth. And we got people that's robbing God in tithes and offerings and they wonder why they can't get ahead. Why you can't prosper. Why you can't grow spiritually? Because you won't make that sacrifice. You're withholding from God. You know what? I have found that when you when you uh, rob God, the devil come and rob you. You put it in one pocket. The Bible says it's like having holes in your pocket. Before you know it, the washing machine break down. Then the dryer break down. Then your car break down. So what you won't get to God, the devil going to come and take it. He gonna, it's going to be a stick-up. Satan will rob you without a gun. So you come out better just giving that tenth to God. But God loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want you to be compelled or somebody to browbeat you and make you give it to him. He wants you to want to. It is a joy 
It is a joy given to God. And then people try to justify it. Well, if God owned everything, why I need to give him something? He gave you something. He gave his only begotten son so that you could live. But you can't even give God the tenth of your earnings. You don't trust him, and you don't love him enough to give it to him. And the enemy just steady robbing you left and right. You don't have no joy. You don't have no peace. And them little few bills you're trying to pay, you always robbing Peter to pay Paul. Instead of trusting God with your resources so that he can bless it and multiply it, what happens? The wind come and just blow it away. You had some money. Now you don't know where the money's at. The wind came and blew it away. Where is your sacrifice? Do you take time to just sit up and worship God throughout the day? Where is your sacrifice? We always want God to bless us. When was the last time that you blessed God? By just pouring your love out on him. When, where is your sacrifice? Glory be to God. Hold anything from God. Give God your sacrifice. Give God your sacrifice. You know, the Bible teaches us that we should not fornicate. And that's on the rise now, even in the body of Christ. Christians are fornicating. They singing in the choir, fornicating. They ushering, fornicating. They preaching, preaching God's holy word and fornicating. Because nobody has taught them what it means to present their body to God as a living sacrifice. They think it means something else. I, I I don't know. They they think it, that applies to other people. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the scripture says fornication is the only sin that is committed in your body against your own body. When you fornicate, you sin against your own body. Did you know that? You are committing a sin against God, but also against your own body. And we try to pretend that God didn't see it, and we still anoint it, but you are not. He would not dwell in an unclean temple. And many of us are operating, up operating in gifts, and we don't even know that the glory has departed. You're like Samson. Samson said, I will go out as at other times. And he knew not 
that the glory of the Lord had departed from him. People having church. They having church, and they do not know that the glory is not there. Where is the sacrifice? Where is your sacrifice? When I was growing up, we used to have prayer meetings. The church had Wednesday night prayer meetings. And the saints came out and prayed. When is the last time you went to prayer meetings? You know what they do now? They have a prayer breakfast where they fix a big old breakfast. And that's what that's the drawing card. That's what gets the people to come out. And after they get their belly filled, then they leave. Ain't nobody pray. The old saints used to come out and just pray. I remember going to prayer meeting with my grandmother. Most churches today don't even have prayer meetings. And the ones that still have it, it is the least attended meeting in the church. Can't get but one or two people to come out for prayer meeting. But if you got a singing, oh, they're coming out for that. Or if you're feeding people, they're coming for that. Where is your sacrifice? We have too many fair-weather Christians who will only come out when it's convenient for them. When the Bible tells us, pray without ceasing. The sexual, fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. When David prayed this prayer in Psalm 51, he prayed fervently. He wept before the Lord. He prayed this prayer with tears of repentance. He said, purge me with kisses, and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, God, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, not thy Holy Spirit from me. David said, you can take the kingdom. You can take the child. You can take Bathsheba. Whatever you do, God, don't take your spirit from me. God meant more to him than anything. His relationship with God was the most important relationship in his life. And he poured out his heart to God upon this altar. When is the last time you poured out your heart to God upon the altar? Is your sacrifice? You didn't care what people thought about you. You didn't care how it looked. 
desperate for God. He said, I got to get in his presence. I don't care about my Armani suit. I don't care about my high dollar shoes. I don't care. I don't care how it looks. I don't care what people are thinking of me at this moment. I got to get in the presence of the almighty God. I got to get to Jesus. Glory be to God. Where is your sacrifice? Hallelujah. Make sure that you are not withholding anything from God. Give God your sacrifice. Let him have your Isaac. Whatever it is, give it to him. That thing that you know God is asking you, See, this is personal. This is between you and God. You already know what it is. You already know what he's asking you for. You've tried to give him substitutes, but he said, no, that ain't what I want. Give God your sacrifice. Give it to him. Give God your sacrifice. Hallelujah. This is your hostess, Evangelist Janet Taylor, signing out tonight from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Our phone number is 336-830-0601. Our email address is jet245 at msn.com. And our internet address is www.wallsoffire.com. DeliveranceMIN.com. May the Lord bless you. I want to close with this benediction. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. May God richly bless you. I pray that you have been blessed through this broadcast tonight. And I pray that the Spirit of God has spoken to you, and you will give God your sacrifice. In Jesus' holy name, amen. This is your hostess, Evangelist Janet Taylor.
clean. Good night.